awesome. Sweet. It's our final episode. Well, final episode about this book. Yes. And uh, we got a little bit of Lanny gossip, if we want to talk about that in a bit. Um, Give us the Lanny report, Meg. Ah, I can do it up front. Yeah. So this is what people listen to this podcast for. <laughs> Lanny uh, got invited to a uh, convention in uh, New York, which seems like a really cool convention. I will say, I uh, dug into it it's like a i think it started as like a harry potter convention that has just kind of expanded and like trying to support uh women fantasy and uh sci-fi authors and actresses and and anybody in that kind of field because when it started i believe it was an ithaca college event called harry potter weekend because i wanted to go every year and i didn't have a car so i'm not gonna Um, walk to ithaca from new paltz but yeah no and that's a similar reason i don't have a car uh and it's not quite easy for me to get to ithaca but uh considering it next year um but they did invite her actually way back last August before everything kind of fell apart for Lanny. So they had a few people tweet at them, not me for the record, to be like, hey, we're uncomfortable with you, you know, having her come. So she did get uh, uninvited and the event still looks amazing. So I'm very excited to potentially go check it out next year. Maybe, uh, We'll do a road trip. Um, but I will also say... I would be super down for that, by the way, because I've only been to Ithaca once for a job, and Ithaca's supposed to be amazing, so, like... It's gorgeous. Both in, like, the farmland area and, like, the downtown area. I have a couple insureds there. Very nice. I want to do that. But uh, we also have... That Lanny was at Sony Picture Studios this past week. Ooh, what was she doing there? Not sure. She said she had a meeting on the Sony lot today, and it may or may not have had something to do with a shirt I'm holding. The shirt she is holding is a Ghostbusters shirt. Oh, no. So, no news on the Handbook for Mortal movie front, but maybe Lanny's going to be in something else. Who knows? But, uh, that's all I got so far. Any other Lanny sightings? Hopefully we'll, uh... We did get a weird one with Felina Hopkins. Oh, yeah, that's right. She was in page six with who again? Like, famous people. Yeah, so, apparently... Okay. Felina was on the page six website with Naomi Candle, Dorina Melody, author Felina Hopkins... And singer Kim Maraska. Okay, so Naomi Campbell's the one whose name I recognize there. Yeah. Uh, we're at Lenny Kravitz photo exhibit at Skyline Modern. There's literally nothing else to this story article. Just Felina's name popped up. Weird. She's hanging out with Naomi Campbell. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe it was just a list of people that showed up to this event. I like to think she's hanging with Naomi Campbell. Yep. I also think maybe she's working on a movie, but it is not her movie. Uh, Whose movie would it be? I'm not sure, but I did see her name pop up in like a tweet or something. But when I went to click the link, it was a dead link. Aww. So. Boo. Yeah. I also have found the seven tips for writing bad boy romance novels by Felina Hopkins. Oh my gosh. Should we? Hit me. We? Okay. Should we talk about this episode or this this episode should we talk about these chapters first and then get into it or do yes, we feel I like think we okay. need to we need to wrap this book up and then go back and get in felina's mind okay so guys we finished it oh here it is bittersweet scene from just one more kiss with writer director lead felina hopkins 
see more about this splendid film at morningdovepicktires.com. Pick tires. Pick tires. So, no further information on that. But <clears throat> let's dive into chapter 43. Where did we actually end off? So, the last we knew, um, Felina was heading, or not Felina. This is how much of a self-insert she is. Um, Liz, Elizabeth, was heading back to Atlanta. She and Caden had decided to go long distance. They'd both realized that they love each other, which was kind of bizarre, and it was corny. So anyway, she's she's back in Atlanta. She's back at Atlanta Hope, that only hospital in the entire Atlanta metropolitan area. Damn, Atlanta. Millions of people in only one hospital. Just that one singular hospital. (laughs) And she's back there. And she's still kind of bummed out that Caden is still in Chicago, but she's learning to cope with it, and she has, like, a conversation with Gwen. I guess they've been visiting. But then we get to the literal juicy bits. So... I didn't know where this was going. I feel like you had read this chapter. I accidentally read this chapter last week. So when you messaged me the thing that I hated, I was like, yep, same. Yelled that out loud, too. We'll get there. Yeah. So she's talking to Gwen and about potentially coming back up to visit. And Dr. Pivens walks in, who, again, is the the oncologist i don't know he's one of the doctors that runs around that is very quiet and does his job and doesn't get into any drama real quick though before pivens even walks in this is just a cute thing which is that gwen mentions that caden can't stop talking about his girlfriend which is really sweet and then also for some reason we have to go back to janet and how she doesn't have any feelings and how excited uh feliza would be (laughs) felizabeth would be to um Tell her that she's dating Caden just to watch her show and emotion. I don't know if Jaden, Jaden, is that her name? Janet. (laughs) Janet. I don't know if Janet would care. She probably wouldn't. So then Dr. Pivens walks in. Yep. Weirdly says that he misses Caden, which is odd. I mean, he definitely knows, but... He tells her to go to the seventh floor. Now. In in the most awkward, yeah. like, weird way. He's like, he, step, clearing my throat, I start to leave. His voice stops me cold. Have you been to the seventh floor recently? Turning on my heel, I lock eyes with our head oncologist. So quiet and mature, he's the last person I'd expect to reveal if he knew something about Caden and I. First of all, that would be Caden and me. <laughs> Sorry. It's all good. The man never gets involved in drama, gossip, or anything that might distract him from his main focus. Shocked, I blink. Sorry. You should go there now. I frown, my heart pounding. My heart pounding. Pounding. Why would I do that? (laughs) They've finished construction. I know, we reopen that section next week. So what do I care? I have reason to believe you do care. Shoving my hands in my pockets. stop. Okay. Here, I'm going... Is there some way Caden's on the seventh floor? Like, that's where I was leading with this. Was that we were going to get some kind of cuteness. I thought he was going to be up there about to propose. Yeah. That's like what I thought, I thought was going on. Yeah. So. So then we get this weird thing. Shoving my hands in my pockets since he has knowledge I wish he hadn't. I dryly inform him. Pivens, I think they've done fine without, just fine without me. Why is that your I reaction? That Steam rises as he takes a sip. Have they? Irritated and defensive, I head for the exit, deciding he can go fuck himself if he's going to shame me or guilt me or blackmail me or whatever his game is. There doesn't appear to be a game. He's just Go, Felizabeth. You go, Felizabeth. (laughs) Oh, God, it's taken me all this time to get to that. Anyways, Myers, over my shoulder, I hold his look, mine narrowed with fury. What, Pivens? Go there. Go there. So you know Caden's up there with a ring. I wish that was what Hell happened. Yes. Like, it's... Would it, we would be like, ugh. But instead... And we don't get any indication of, like, what Elizabeth is thinking. It's swinging open the door. I storm out to do my rounds. As my footsteps clomp heavily on the tile, they begin to slow, and I straighten up. 
breaking into a run, I skip the elevator and take the stairs two at a time. What floor are we on? Whatever. Bursting into the newly remodeled space that should be empty since work has compl has completed and it is after three in the morning. Even oh. if work was still ongoing, it would be empty at three in the morning. But anyways. Right. Janet Gilroy gasps and covers her naked breasts. Overhand grunts and looks over his meaty shoulder. His eyes widen and he pulls out of her, grabbing his suit and covering what? Genitals. <laughs> so. Janet. Just so everybody knows, Meg just messaged me apropos of nothing. <laughs> All caps. <laughs> Wet genitals. Because it's so appropriate. So, Janet, who... At no point, the Janet that we've gotten implied versus the Janet we were supposed to see. The Janet implied was hardworking, was a minority, has some social anxiety maybe, or some social difficulties. Cues. Yeah. And overall, kind of a pain in the ass, but not a bad person. This person, she, however. She never openly fights Caden. Well, okay, maybe occasionally, like, does shit, but whatever, like, at no point is she that bad. However, this Janet... Fucks the chief of medicine. Yep. The so, Janet that I think we were supposed to be seeing the whole time is a Janet that is so power-hungry and is trying to get ahead, to do anything to get ahead, including fucking her boss's 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 boss. I'm going to draw a comparison here, and you're going to think this is insane. Okay, I'm ready. Ayn Rand. My... In the fountain, fountainhead? The fountain that I had to read when I was in, like, the 10th grade. If I didn't get the name right, I'm sorry to everybody. I literally don't care. I had to read this garbage book. There are two women in this book. There is Dominique, and there is Katie Tuhey. I don't remember what Dominique's last name was either. Um... Dominique goes on to be the romantic love interest of Howard Rourke, who's the main character. Katie Tuhey gets a job instead of getting married, and at the end of the book, Dominique has allowed herself to be raped by a man she goes on to quit her job to marry, and Katie Tuhey, who went out to work in social work, becomes an empty shell of herself. So both of them have happy lives. Well, Ayn Rand kind of wanted you to look at this woman who chose a career over a man and recognize that that was wrong. Her ambition made her unhappy. I kind of feel like Felina's got the same thing here. As much as Elizabeth is successful, she is successful and she is willing to... Uh, hmm, what's the word? She's willing to sort of dampen her success if it means that she gets to be emotionally fulfilled through a romantic relationship with somebody, which is kind of what she's doing with Caden. Whereas Janet Gilroy, who, granted, pursued this sexual relationship in order to get ahead, it was all for her getting ahead, and she ends up being unhappy and fired at the end of this book because she so prioritized her career. And our heroes of the story are the two who honestly jeopardize their careers in order to go after a romantic relationship. Yeah, what's funny is I think the slight loophole of, like, how they try to get out of this, like, we didn't do anything wrong is bullshit, but it's fine. It's just, it's one of those things that kind of bothers me. I feel like women get punished for being career-driven all of the time, and it, oh, hell yes. it straight up felt like this... Sleeping her way to the top is wrong, but it felt like the part where we find out that she's sleeping her way to the top is cheap, for one. It's like a cheap shortcut to this character. You shouldn't like them, so when they aren't successful at the end, you can feel better. It almost felt like a weird afterthought. Yeah, like, it's... She had no idea what she was doing with Janet. None at all. Like, she got here and was like, well, how do I get rid of Janet and the fewest amount of chapters. How do I get rid of this character that I've honestly probably created some sympathy for? 
in the smallest amount of chapters. So she's yeah. fucking overhand with his meaty shoulders. Which is like never I don't know. Whatever. Janet's gone. And we get a lot of preachy Felina. Yep, Felina's in Overhand's office when she when he gets back. She's already called his wife. Which okay. I support that entirely. But she didn't... I don't mind that she called his wife. I mind that she called his wife and then decided not to report him professionally. Oh, I agree. Elizabeth still shithead. But as someone who has been fucked over and almost didn't tell the person and the third person that was involved was like, no, I'm doing it. I fully support this. Fair. Telling the wife. The wife has every right to know. It is a weird line to walk, but it is even weirder that she didn't tell the board because she wants her boyfriend back. So this allows him to go, and even though now Irene, his wife, knows, because he's not being punished professionally, this just means he'll go and manipulate another young female doctor. But anyways. Exactly. Um, but it... It is also in the chapter two implied, like, maybe he won't do that, but he's going to do that. Absolutely. Just like the guy in Canada who killed a woman and says, I won't do it again. And then he killed another woman. Yeah. But whatever. Well, let's get into the preachiness here. He finds out Charity called Irene. And she says, "Mm mm-hmm, just now. Yep. Sorry. He looms over me and shouts, what gives you the right? I stand up, plant my hands on his desk. Justice for- Wait, wait, wait. The best line. His eyes turned the size of Janet's breast. Oh my god. You called Irene? But we didn't hear how big her breasts are, so... I stand up, plant my hands on his desk. Justice for everyone who's ever been cheated on. That's what gives me the right. Because I'm a human being and I like to honor thy neighbor by removing blinders they didn't know were on. I tend to like my reflection in the mirror, and in order to do that, I must do what's right. I couldn't leave you to tell her, Wallace, since the only thing you can be trusted to do is lie to her. Oh my god. Goddamn, you're preachy. And, uh, don't throw sticks at glass houses. Because you're fucked up, too. Literally. Well, down. Yeah. (laughs) He's beneath her, technically. Um... (laughs) Jesus Christ, that scene, that was just, like, oh boy. Captain America couldn't have delivered that and made it believable. No, nope. Not even Chris Evans as a golden retriever as Captain America. (laughs) Not even a golden retriever could have made me believe any of that. The, it's the, I like to honor thy neighbor by removing blinders they didn't know were on. Look. Yeah, that's like the 11th commandment. Honor thy neighbor by removing blinders they didn't know they were on. I honestly would be like, you know what? I know how this hospital runs. None of us get our STDs checked. She needs to be warned. Fair. So, she gets Janet fired and Caden comes back. She threatens to out him professionally, which is what she should do. We also get this, Irene might take you back, forgive you, give you another shot. But if she does, she'll she'll do it with her eyes open now. That's between you and your wife. I didn't take your vows. You did. She did. So both of you together are going to have to decide how to forgive and heal or cut and peel. Yeah, because cutting and peeling is frequently how normal human beings describe breaking up. Okay, so earlier today, Meg and I were talking about the word ronkonkoma, (laughs) and how it sounds like a word that an alien would say after reading about the English language, but not really fully sure. Yep. Everything Felina writes kind of sounds like an alien who read a textbook about human expressions. But didn't really learn them. So you have to decide how to forgive and heal or cut and peel. Who has ever said that in their life? I really wonder if like a pastor said it and she was like, Amen! I am using that. Or she's an alien. That explains her weird obsession with describing penises. 
my god. Yes, we get a, the best expression is yet to come. Don't worry, keep listening. Overhand's lips are tight. Or, uh, however, she says, however, on the subject of work, I've got an offer for you. Overhand's lips are tight. What? I won't go to the board of directors with this since both of you were off shift and the infidelity has been brought to light to the right person, Irene, but it's not the hospital's business. That's false. That's quite false. Especially because his sexual relationship with Overhand, or her sexual relationship with Overhand led to her getting a position that another doctor was ostensibly more qualified for, possibly. Who knows? Also, she is a resident, which is still kind of technically a student. Yeah. It's all fucked up. Yeah. Also, Elizabeth, were your rendezvous off the clock? No, they weren't. So, yeah, like, sticks, glass houses. Yep, sticks, glass houses, full Elizabeth over here. (laughs) So, as you've told us many times, romantic entanglements are frowned upon, but they are not forbidden. Make sure they last before you bring them into my hospital. I pause and hold his gaze, because I find irony amusing, and I want it to stay that way. So you have a choice. Quit or fire the snake and bring back Caden Cocker so he can be near his family. What's the irony? Anyways, there's no irony in that statement, but okay. So She's like, just like Alanis Morissette. She can't come up with any actual irony, but she's yeah. going to talk about it. There, you know, she keeps giving him ultimatums and like, whatever it is. <laughs> More we dramatic ultimatums. We don't really know the decision by the end of the chapter. So we start chapter 45, where Elizabeth has been napping. Um, Because, you know, whatever. Can't get home. That's life. She does make an interesting point. If the chief just up and quits, then it's less likely for Caden to come back, even though the reason that Caden was sent was bullshit to begin with. Like, the fact that Caden wouldn't have been sent if this was a real, you know, medical thing. Um, But, whatever. He's, he's fired Janet and hired Kata back. Camille tells her, Camille's the assistant who maybe earlier wanted to tell her about the Janet thing, and she admits it to Elizabeth, and it's like a weird thing. It's very clear that uh, Janet's not the first. And then we get this wild ending to the chapter. Poor Camille. Even worse for Irene. As I walk to the locker room to get my things and go home, I consider infidelity and how fucked up it is. Pun intended. (laughs) None of that was a pun, Felina. I guess infidelity and fucking? Yeah, you have the word fucking there, but as soon as you add up, like, nobody's ever like, yeah, I fucked up a chick last night, meaning I had sex. That's like how you describe I beat somebody. Yeah. Like, if somebody was walking around and saying, yeah, I'm just gonna fuck this guy up tonight... I mean, there's a context in which maybe I would take that sexually, but I think most people would take it as, like, maybe you... I'm going to go kick some ass. Maybe you shouldn't physically assault somebody. Yeah. Pibbins is in oncology. Okay, good. And we figure out that he also knew about Elizabeth and Caden. Yep. But she, he likes Caden, so it's okay. What kind of phone do you think she has... I don't know. So, Pivens is like, okay, I like Cocker. I won't tell anybody that you guys are boning down or whatever. And like the guy has magical powers, my phone vibrates. I pull it out and see the letters. CC. With a huge smile, I answer. Morning, handsome. What kind of phone do you have that when you pick it up, it just says CC? I mean, when you're trying to hide. Like, for instance, my friend Matt. Who I'm not trying to hide, but he is in my phone as uh, right something. He's got the most bullshit name. It's his porn name from like the your middle name plus your your street. Have you ever done that? Your middle name and your street. So I'm Mary your, Furman. Your, the street you grew up on. Yeah, so. Mary Furman. Um. So yeah, he's under his porn name because it made me laugh. So my guess is she's trying to hide from the hospital that she's, you know, talking with Caden. Jesus Christ. 
That's my guess. So they tell him quickly he's back. And he's excited. We are on the last chapter. This is worst chapter. This is worse than the move out. So I really quick I want to pull up a family tree. Is it the one that I made? <laughs> For yes, everyone who doesn't out. know, on our Facebook group, I really one day at work was very bored and I really desperately needed to figure out who was whose kid. So I spent about 45 minutes tracking down the family tree that she has posted in inconvenient sections of a PDF on her website rather than just hosting the entire PDF and put it into a Google Doc that makes a lot more sense. Yes. I also included in parentheses who has a book and what that book is. Minus it's the word cocky. So there's like... Emma is cocky love, and she is Jake and Drew's oldest daughter, and she marries a guy who's 15 and then has 12 children, or 15 years older than her, and then has 12 children with him. I just want to point out how old these grandparents are, which is not something you include on yours, but I still have yours up because I want it to. Yeah. So Nance, Grandma Nance, was born in 1954. Married in 1972. To put in perspective, my grandmother was born in 1947, and I think the other is like 48 or 49. Just to put it in perspective, I'm 30. So 1954, yeah. Okay. Because we're about to get some comments up in here. Can I tell you something really funny, though, about how old my family is? Sure. I have aunts and uncles that are older than your grandparents. <laughs> teen mom. What? My mom was a teen, so. <laughs> yeah, but my family was, my parents were also like, my dad was 41 when I was born, and he was number oh, six okay. of 11. Oh, geez, okay, yeah. Yeah, so my, my, although weirdly enough, my dad's oldest brother, who's exactly 10 years older than him, has a daughter who's younger than me. That's always fun, my... My mom's uncle, youngest uncle, who is 15 years older than her, I think. Yeah, because I think it's the same age between me and my youngest uncle. Um, has kids my age. So her cousins are the same age as me and my sister. So, so if your grandma was born, what year? 1947? 1947. She is currently 71. She runs walks, does something. Many miles every day. She's very active and I love her to death. How old is your mom? My mother is 48. I have cousins that are older than your mom. I am not surprised. <laughs> One of my cousins is like 53. My, uh, my mother is badass. So. Yeah, super badass apparently. She, earlier today, was running on the treadmill and the dogs decided to join her. So. Oh, I saw. Henry Wa Harry Wagston. Harry Waxton. Oh, Unless you talk to Mackenzie, then he's named after Harry from One Direction. But that is not who he's named for. Is he the one who's definitely, like, with one of the other ones? Probably, yeah. That's literally all of One Direction. That was a joke about One Direction Twitter. Did I ever tell you about my days on One Direction Twitter? We'll get into that no, someday. No, it sounds terrifying. I wasn't involved, but it was my favorite thing to do when I didn't have anything else to do at work. Because <laughs> they're all terrifying? There's just so many strong opinions about them. <laughs> They're like the four blandest people I can imagine. I agree. And yet, they're all dating, right? Yeah, all four of them are together. Okay. Um, I still think my favorite joke about them, though, is it's like 2018. Kanye West joins One Direction. Kicks out all <laughs> the other members and says there's really only One Direction now and it's West. Oh, no. Oh, no. But it's okay. Good We're all rejecting Kanye West now because he's a piece of shit. Yep. I did see that they're getting divorced, but I don't know if that's actually true or not. Oh, they've been rumored to be getting divorced for, like, years. Yeah. So. All right. Chapter 46. <sighs> Grandma Nance opened the opens the door asking herself, who shut this? We always keep this open for barbecues. So based on our age range... Or what we think, year that we think this is. Grandma Nance is probably in, like, what, her 80s? Yeah, probably. 
Hayden, there you are, and back for good. Don't you look handsome in this sweater? All right. So Caden comes in, introduces Elizabeth as his girlfriend. Grandma likes Elizabeth. That's kind well, of... Well, first she says, Grandma's eyes widen. Now, well, he says, this is Elizabeth Meyer. She's a trauma surgeon at Atlanta Hope. Grandma's eyes widen. Now, that's a profession. In my day, few women were doctors. Thank goodness that's changed. I've always thought they'd be better with empathy. Again. Grandma was born in 1954. Okay. And then Elizabeth walks... Elizabeth gives her a hug and says, that's what I always thought Caden is so good at. Wait, wait, wait. Grandma is roughly 60 years old right now. No, 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 no. Remember? In 2018. In 2018. In 2018, she's only like 60. Yes. Bitch, how many women doctors do you think there are? Like, not to say it's even or anything, but... Well, she says in my day, and usually when you're talking about in your day, you're talking about, like, your 20s, 30s, when you would be going into a career. I don't know. I just... She shouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Yes. My point being is that, Felina, get yourself a goddamn timeline, figure out when your stories are, and stop making random shit about, like, Martin Luther King walking, and back in my day, we didn't have women doctors, because you know what? Sure. Okay. Women doctors are very underrepresented. But it is 2018, and the times are changing. And this story is supposed to be, what, a good 20 years from now? Stop. Just stop. All right. That's all I got for that. Fucking Grandma Nance. My grandparents are two of the most accepting people I've ever met. They come from old money, but they never act above anybody. Except maybe during the years where one of their sons was a black sheep. But those are behind us now. He's still him, but the rift has been prepared. That was a memorial day for everyone. I just want like an asterisk that's like see book blank. Because it's definitely about a book. Oh yeah, it's it's uh it's cocky biker. Yep. So we learned that his grandfather was a congressman, in case you didn't know. And then... Cocky Senator Justin put him out of a job, but Michael was proud of him. That's their grandfather. And ready to retire by that time anyway, so he could spend more time with Nancy Cocker. Or, as us grandkids call her, Grandma Nance, his wife of over 60 years. So, okay. They got married in 1970. 1972. So, let's do the math really quick. 54 to 1972, she was 18. Not surprised. It is roughly, yeah, 2032. So, yeah. They have heat Elizabeth, lamps outside for the barbecue. Elizabeth gets the treatment of any time you go to your uh, partner's parents slash grandparents' house. Can we pause for a second? Sure. So she gets back together with Caden in January. Yeah. I feel like some time has gone by, and this is Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Is it really cold in Atlanta in March? Fuck no. Uh, March is a weird month where it can be 71 day and snow the next. Okay. So, so maybe it snowed yesterday, but they have all these heat lamps in the backyard and they're having a yeah. big thing. And then for some reason, Grandma Nance points out that they've had that couch for almost 45 years. That couch smells rank. Yep. Everybody's my, had sex on that couch. My dad had a couch from the time I was... A little little kid so and he got rid of it I was probably three or four when he got that couch and he got rid of it last year so it was about 22 23 years old that shit had a smell to it that I think I could sense anywhere like I think if I went to a junkyard <laughs> and you asked me to find it I could pick it up by the smell like my dad just slept and existed on that couch so much that it just smells like what my whole house smelled like until he got rid of it it wasn't necessarily a bad thing until he got rid of it and I realized the house didn't smell like that anymore. <laughs> I was like, oh, cool. Doesn't smell like my dad's 23 years of sleep sweat on the couch anymore. Yeah, the couch I had in my first apartment, which was my stepdad's couch from his bachelor days. 
that we kept then in the basement until I went to college. So, which is now the only reason it, it did not fit in my Brooklyn apartment. So I do not have this. It is back in his bachelor pad. So. Oh, good. I'm glad he took it back. <laughs> it is the softest couch. It is ugly as hell. <clears throat> but man, that couch was the best sleeping couch. So what we're getting at here with all this couch talk is that definitely all six of the original cocky brothers were conceived on that couch that Grandma Nance pointed out. Yes. I would love if she was also like, and you can conceive your children on that couch, Elizabeth. <laughs> it's a good couch. It's like that blanket from the proposal. Oh, God, what? Do you ever see the proposal with no. uh, Sandra Bullock and, oh, uh, grandma gives a blanket and it's like every person that uses this blanket gets pregnant ew how do you know it's anyways so there's a bunch of chili and I missed something hang on they go out to the backyard Mm. and like okay I will admit it gets cold in Georgia but like as someone who played year round tennis it's never that bad and there aren't bugs in the winter. Like, there's no mesh tents to keep bugs off the food because it's just not, it's cold. You can't have heat lamps and mesh. Anyways, everybody's here. Well, he says the small mesh tents that keep the bugs off each dish aren't necessary this time of year. Oh, okay. Essentially, Sorry. there's a buffet of food. Yep. Everybody's freaking out because there's no ginger ale. Which is weird. Yep. It's ginger ale. And then someone yells cocky grandma. And this gets approval from the family until from her trademark perch of two cushions, Mary Cocker, a.k.a. Grams, raises her southern drawl to be heard. That's my fucking title. Who the fuck is Mary Mary Cocker? That's their grand their great grandmother. Ah. So Centenarian Mary Cocker or May Cocker, not Mary Cocker. Sorry, May AKA Cocker. Grams. And so she's over a hundred years old and she decided that she's cocky grandma. Cool. Whatever. And everyone is laughing and whatever because like it's funny when grandparents cuss. I'm sorry. Can we all wish really hard? I need all of us. I need everybody who's listening at any point in time. And I need us right now, Meg. We need to stop. And we need to put cocky grandma out into the universe as something <laughs> Felina produces for us. We need to okay. We need to manifest this. Okay. You and know the end of the... F- you know the end of the, the second wish. David Tennant series of Doctor Who when Martha makes everybody think the Doctor back into existence? I yep. need us to do that with Cocky Grandma. I just blew the wish out on the candle. We're good. It's happening. At 11-11 tonight, that's what I'm wishing for. I normally okay. wish for, like, I don't know, Donald Trump to die, but this time, it's Cocky Grandma. <laughs> it's worth it. So, there's a lot of just, like, bullshit we're at a just dumb random like jake kisses her cheek and rises to announce guys screw caden's return we just got f-bombed by grams now it's a party can you imagine doing this with your family yes and no i love my family but all we do is like drink wine and bitch about politics and eat cheese platters yeah i'm actually southern okay fair and my dad has a big side of the family and like sitting around food. Yeah. Talking shit. This is a very much, it's like a forced version of it. Like maybe Felina attended a friend's Southern party and assumed it was all like this, but it's not at the same time. But well, up in New York, we don't have time for this. We're just too busy trying to survive the cold and hunt enough caribou to feed the children. This is fair. Um, we get Lexi and Samantha. We do and get Lexi and Samantha. Do we get any resolution to 
the whichever one was dating someone that was Brad something. and Lexi. No, that's gonna be a book. I guess if she ever writes again. Um, Hunter the cat comes back. Hunter walks up, eyes narrowing. I get it now. He points between us. I thought you two, or thought you went to Digby's to impress her for work. You were nailing her the whole time. Lexi shoves him in the chest. Hunter. And I thought I was rude. Whipping around, she finds Elizabeth stifling a smile. I'm Lexi, and yes, I can be a bitch. Sorry, it's just... Her green eyes flick from the ground to me because vulnerability is difficult for her. I just missed you, Caden. Okay. I pull her to me and squeeze. You're not a bitch, Lex. You've got big feelings as all. Okay. So this is all because when... Caden took Elizabeth to meet Grams. Lexi jumped up and said, first you have to meet me. Max told us he and Natalie had drinks with you guys and I feel insulted. None of this is bitchy. All of this is like normal human stuff. Yeah, it's comes across as joking until you call her a bitch. And yeah. Plus Max is like the closest sibling, I think, to him. So whatever. Yeah. He meets, she meets the parents. We know nothing of her family. Does she have siblings? She just has Gwen. Her best friend. And then my smile travels across the crowds of cockers and the people they've chosen to spend their lives with. Some of our closest friends are here too, like Sylvia, Aunt Rachel's best friend. Is that code for lesbian lovers? And her husband. Oh, no, maybe not. Nope, guess not. <laughs> Also, cousin, Aunt Rachel married into the family, so probably not. Uh, Nicholas's best friend, Matt. Where is Elizabeth's family slash friends? Okay. Nope. You know what? You, get, you become a cocker, you're a cocker. Um, la, da, 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 da. There's a long list of who all Hold there. on. We have to go back. We have another, an alien who read about human culture expression. So we get through this list. My cousin Nicholas's best friend Matt is with him and Madison drinking hot cider. Samantha's best guy friend Logan is chatting with Ryder, Tanner's nephew, who Zoe is gazing at like he sliced the first bread. Jesus Christ. Okay. That's not how that expression goes. Or, yeah, that makes no sense whatsoever. Uh, and Ryder has no clue she's staring. Is this another cousin? Like, is Probably. This... Okay. Shelby and Ben aren't there. Pregnant Paige. Would, would be, be talking. talking. Yeah. Okay. Max walks up with his new fiance, completing my f- immediate family. So I guess Max and Nicole are engaged. Max and Natalie. Sorry. Yeah. Nat. Lexi sees the engagement ring and winks at her and grabs Natalie's hand. I can't get over this. So beautiful, you guys. Okay. Elizabeth bumps her hip into mine. I glance over and remember, oh, you want to meet Gramps. Excuse me, everyone. We've just got to get the approval of our favorite judge and jury. That's okay. So she gets the approval. Like, whatever. It's no big deal. There's a bit where she talks about how she's really into sports because, of course, she's into sports. Because she's that And he's girl. like, she'll be like, I'll be yelling at the screen. And he's like, you'll be yelling in the stadium. Football. Duh. Let me tell you about something about Atlanta sports teams. They suck. And they choke. Every season. It's the Braves and the Falcons? The Falcons, yep. There's Why do I know that? The Dogs. Though, I'll be honest, I couldn't tell you which one was the baseball and which one was the football team. The Falcons are football. Falcons are football. Braves are baseball. There's also the Dogs and the Jackets, which is college. Do they have a hockey team? We used to. We do not anymore. (laughs) Man, global warming sucks. Megan was very angry when the Thrashers moved away, but it's okay. My my college... uh, the hockey team used to be decent. Oh, that's kind of cool. Um, yeah. The closest hockey team is Nashville. So they, you know, Max and Caden, you know, everybody's doing well. I just want to get to the damn line. Here we go. All right. 
Their dad is about to make a speech. I need a drink. He tips the missing ginger ale back directly into his mouth, claiming it with his germs Ugh. as everyone cracks up. What? That's a weird thing to do. Claiming it with his germs. Jason Cocker did that. Grandma Nance screams through laughter, Jason Cocker. He wipes his lips, looking innocent. Did I do something wrong? And that's the end of this book. Nope, we got one more chapter. Oh, we do? I thought we were done too. But essentially all you need to know is they're back in the ER and things that are... Right. Because we need to address the letter. I read this, but it was all a week ago. Yeah, because we finally, we were just like, we had to push through this. She gives, for some reason, she gives Oberheim. Oh yeah, we've got like two chapters left. Goddamn, okay. Yeah, this is the second preachy portion of the fucking book. Yeah, so she gives Oberheim advice about how to get back with his wife. I don't really care about it. No, who fucking cares? And, and then we get back to exactly how it opened with, he's coding, I shout. Sharon rushes up and loads adrenaline into a syringe. So they're going to save this guy. So they save this guy who's on the table. And that leads back to the memory of the first guy they lost. And finally, we pull out the letter that was received forever ago. Dear Dr. Cocker, I want to thank you for the hope you gave me in mankind. Emphasis on the man. You are the <laughs> kindest of all the doctors I had while I was sick. It meant a lot. And I wanted you to know that. Please keep smiling because it helped me find my smile again. Thank you forever. Celia Lou. Focus or emphasis on the man. Oh my God. We brought it back. We did it. Scylla came back. Well, no, Scylla's dead, but (laughs) her letter sure came back. Glad she remembered that. Emphasis on the man. I don't like that. I hate it. We never did find out why Janet hated Caden so much. No, you skipped the part where they say I love you for the first time. Oh, I don't give a shit. But okay, you're right. I did. And then we never did find out why Janet hated Caden so much. Scarcity mentality, probably. Some believe the only way to move up is to send other people down. I think she kept sleeping with the chief in order to rise even higher and more quickly. Or maybe she did it just despite his marriage because she was so unhappy and lonely under all that drive. Dear Lord. I never go into that coffee shop anymore. It's too bad. I was addicted to those mocha lattes. But like if she- I feel like we need to be saying this in like the... Do you ever see No Country for Old Man? No. Um, it's like a in that very like... My life has changed. I saw death. There's a quote from <laughs> No Country for Old Men, which is essentially about fear and okay. how there's no such thing as not being afraid. Um, it's what you do with your fear or understand. It's it's great. I have to find the passage. But that's exactly how I feel like this is trying to be. Where it's like... Yeah. Although that scene about we never did find out why Janet hated Caden so much, that whole thing was definitely like, how do I justify the fact that she was sleeping with the chief? (laughs) Yeah. I don't think she hated Caden. I don't think she gave a shit about Caden one way or the other. Nope. I don't think so either. I think it was just... It was stupid. It was a contrived, stupid plot thing that didn't make any sense. And Felina tried to sue people over these books. Yes. The end... Well, no, we didn't read the last bit. What last bit? My phone vibrates just as I'm about to open the door for the ER. Elizabeth, guess what? I love you. That's a dumb thing to send somebody in a text. Yep. Thinking to myself that all those chances I took brought something truly great into my life, I walk in to give my patients what they need the most. My smile. The end. You should text Will right now. Guess what? Guess what? I love you. The only thing Will and I are messaging about right now is Daredevil. It is the only thing that matters to either of us. It is our top priority. It is like we have left room for Matt Murdock between us. And Karen Page. They come together. Also, Frank Castle, he's not in this season, but doesn't matter. It's all good. He's always there, too. Foggy, Luke, (laughs) Jessica, Trish can go fuck herself. That's fair. 
So Claire let's Temple. talk about the seven tips for writing a bad boy romance by Felina Hopkins. I love that we've given this ending exactly as much as it deserved, which was nothing, and I immediately started talking about something I like oh. more. Oh. Yes, I would like to get back to the book that I'm reading that's actually really good. Yeah. Hit so. me with those seven tips for writing a bad boy romance. All right. This is from June 2018. Ooh, she was already embroiled in the... the it was starting. It was beginning. Number one, imagine the sexiest guy of your dreams. You got him? Yeah, he's there. Take that up ten notches. I don't like it. Now add one more. I hate it. Number two, make him a bit of a jerk. Nobody lusts after doormats. Mm. Give him a heart he doesn't want to share, but does want to, but doesn't want to but does. Mm. Don't add a bunch of fluff to make your book longer. <laughs> it should be as tight as the first. Okay. Yeah, but get preachy every chance you get. Every time you get bored, shake it up. It's your fictional world. You create the rules. Give your heroine some balls. Women dislike a whiner at life and dislike a whiner in life and on the page. Ah, uh, yes, all women and their deep biological hatred of whining. Yes. Don't make the sex scene 10,000 words long. No one really wants through it to last all night. Felina, there was not a lot of sex in this book. Yeah, like, this was, like, a 20,000-word book, and only about 300 of them were sex, so... Actually, that's the last one. That was it? Yep. One, two, three, four, five, six. That's number seven. Okay, hit me back with the, the TLDR on them. Imagine the sexiest guy of your dreams, and then kick him up about 11 notches. Okay. M- make him a jerk, but give him a heart he doesn't want to share, but does, but doesn't, but does. Don't add a bunch of fluff to your books to make it longer, which is really ironic given the scandal she was parts of. But whatever. Every time you get bored, shake it up. It's your world. Give your heroine some balls. Women dislike a whiner in life and on the page. Nobody makes sex scenes 10,000 words long. Oh, sorry. Don't make sex scenes 10,000 words long. No one really wants it to last all night. So, yeah. I'm seeing myself in the camera right now, and I feel like I need to take a screenshot of this, because this is how I feel right now. Yep. That's, yep. Also, apparently, maybe Cocky Marine has gay love? I was about to say gay sex, but I don't think it has gay sex. What? Who's gay in it? Okay, one of the comments on this says, She is one of the few romance authors I've read who has depicted being a gay male in the South with an accuracy parallel to real life read about matthew and his father in the bonus scenes of cocky marine and then later when he's an adult in nicholas cocker's book cocky and out of my league you don't even need to search hard because it's got a ton of popular highlights from people like me who related you must not have read her series um this sounds like she wrote a gay side character in and got a bunch of brownies for it from somebody who she paid for a review. Yep. So, yeah. That's what it sounds like. If your gay characters are only in your bonus scenes, that's not really visibility. Not at all. Well, (coughs) did she adhere to her rules? I don't know. Let's see. That's a good question. This Uh is something that I think is the most difficult, though. The first rule is hard for her to establish... Because we never even learned what Caden Cocker looks like. No, we couldn't tell you what color hair he has. He has abs and the cock of the century, and he is presumably white. I am also very curious. I would have loved a scene from Elizabeth going into that bedroom and realizing that there is a mirror on the ceiling. And being like, oh, we're not fucking here. No, I kind of would have liked it better if she was like, oh, I'm into this. (laughs) 
No, because then, like, you could have a really great scene of her freaking out due to horror movies and stuff. True. Or it could fall on them. So, make him a bit of a jerk. Was Caden a bit of a jerk? No, he was just He was whiny. He was just stupid. He was was a dum-dum. Give him a heart he doesn't want to share, but does, but doesn't, but does, but doesn't. Dude was heart on his sleeve, chapter one through 48. Wanted to bone Elizabeth. What's our next one? uh, Don't add a bunch of fluff to make your book longer. Just make it preachy. Yep, just add a lot of preaching. I mean, these books aren't long. This book is what, I think, barely 200 pages. Every but it time was you get full of fluff and preachiness, but anyways. Yep. That's all it is. I mean, like, what is our solid line story here, and how much did we deviate from that? And you know what? Fluff is not bad. This book would have benefited a lot from, like, exploring the fact that he does not have friends outside of his family. Like, they pretty much added fluff, and they either she either didn't follow up on it like she did with Dev Mangal, which was actually a cool side plot that ended up not going anywhere because he doesn't show up again at the end of the book. He should have been there at right. the barbecue. But every time they added in something about the family, it didn't really reestablish Caden's character or establish anything interesting about his character at all. It was just a bunch of badly written dialogue. Agreed. Um... Every time you get bored, shake it up. Every time she got bored, she added a new twist to Janet. Yeah. Janet She shook up Janet. A minority. Uh, somehow. somehow. In some way. Janet was not only socially awkward, she's now sleeping with a boss. So. Yep. I guess also the added, like, shake it up is that he got sent to Chicago. But I feel like that's also, you know, the story. Um, give your heroine some balls. Elizabeth sure had balls to preach to everybody about everything. She preached to everyone. She may not have been a whiner, but she is preachy as fuck. Preachy as all heck. Don't make the sex scenes 10,000 words. Nobody really wants it to last all night. I'm actually really disappointed about the amount of sex in this book. There really wasn't very much. There were only really like... A handful of scenes? Three-ish sex scenes? Yeah. For like... An erotic novel. Yeah, there wasn't really very much. And every single time she talked about penises in the context of mushrooms, which ruined it for me. Yeah, it never, ever got me hard. I'm sorry. So. And that is Cocky Heart Surgeon. We did it. Yes, Megan? We did it. We did it. We got through it. So, we have one more episode on this. We do? Yeah, well, we're going to wrap up the, the case. Oh, yes. Okay, that's right. Yeah. So we'll do our homework for next week, and we'll wrap up the case and uh, finish this out. And then we're probably not going to be around very much in November. No, November is National Novel Writing Month, so I'm trying to limit my podcasting as much as possible. But then in December, we're thinking we might have a couple of fun things for you guys. Yeah, unless someone really, like comes out swinging ridiculous then uh we're probably gonna do some like one-off fun things in december yeah maybe bring some guests on and then and probably in january we will be back yeah with a new subject yeah and uh again unless it turns out to be someone new who is shaking up the world or i don't know handbook two comes out Oh, God. Maybe. It'll probably be some older drama. I don't know. We'll figure it out. We got until January to figure that out. Somebody will do something stupid over the holidays, I'm sure. I'm sure. That's what the holidays are for. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so in the meantime, until next week, where can they find us, Meg? Um, I am actually really curious about where people can find you when they don't want to listen to this podcast or because <laughs> they've run out of episodes. <laughs> Um, Meg is referring to, I have a new podcast that I have been working on for a while, but I started with my friend Zach. The first episode was published and it actually just landed on iTunes. You can find my podcast, Short, Colorful, and Loud. It's a grown-up look at, uh, forgotten or overlooked or critically panned kids' movies. Um, 
it's a lot of fun. I'm really excited about it. And uh, if you guys wanted to go listen and, I don't know, tell me you how you felt about it, that would be super cool. You do want to go listen. Because Ella's not short, but she is colorful and loud. Yes, I- those are two things I am. <laughs> Meg, where can they find you if, they're, if we're out of episodes right now? Um, so, at the moment... Fabulous is on hiatus also until November, um, where we'll be back with Persephone and Hades. Ooh. Um, you can also find me on Judging Book Covers, where we're about, we just read Frankenstein. We're about to embark on Persepolis, Ooh. Um, which if you don't know what that book is, it is a nonfiction memoir uh, graphic novel that was made into a fantastic movie as well. Um and then Minds at Yerk keeps plugging along. So uh, go check out any of those and feel the nostalgia if you want. So uh, as for us, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter. Twitter at Handbook Podcast. On Facebook and our Facebook group, Judging Fabulous Retell... Nope. A handbook for judging Thank fabulous you. retellings covers. I knew I missed a word in there. And, uh, which is kind of quiet right now, um, as hopefully the year is wrapping up, I am slowly working behind the scenes to kind of what 2019 is going to be overall. So hopefully that group will come around and we'll get some stuff going for 2019, but come talk like, yeah, come talk bad authors and, uh, good books. Yeah. So see you next week, Elle. I'll see you next week, Meg. Bye. Bye.